The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. Your host, Jeff Shannon. On this Sunday morning, we've got a, a great show lined up today, and it's going to be very informative. And the thing that what we're going to be talking about is going to probably impact everybody that's listening. In some form or fashion, you're going to know somebody. But I'll let the, the ladies tell you about it. I'm going to introduce to you first. Jessica Meyer uh, is in here. We have Elaine Kay and Riley West. Elaine, just start off and just tell everybody what this is about. Because everybody's going, what? What are we talking about? <laughs> sure, Jeff. It's, it's something that is always in my heart. We are members with the Rally Foundation for Childhood Cancer Research. We basically raise awareness and funds for kids with cancer. We empower volunteers. We're all about finding better treatments and fewer long-term side effects. The best part about it is for every dollar given, 93 cents goes for our cause. We received 100 on Charity Navigator as far as a rating goes, which is Okay. Really unheard of. <laughs> yeah, so it's not paying people's salaries and exactly. cars and trips and all of that. Before yeah. I give money, I want to know yeah. that they score highly on Charity Navigator yeah. and we have the best score available. So how did this organization get started? Back in 2005 in Atlanta, a lady by the name of Dean Crow had a friend whose son was on her baseball team and the son was diagnosed with brain cancer. She went to visit William, the boy, at the hospital and and looked at his mom and said, what can I do to help? I'll bring you some more food, you know, anything, but I want to do more than another casserole dish. The mom said, raise money for childhood cancer research. And and Dean said, well, you know, cancer is, is so well-funded. And, and the mom said, not children's cancer. Of the National Institutes of Health, only 4% goes to, raise, to serve the children's cancers. You, I'm sure somebody said, why? Why so little going to our little ones? Even though childhood cancer is the leading disease cause of death for our children in America, it is still considered a rare disease. So, you know, so many adults get breast cancer and prostate cancer, and there's nothing wrong with a lot of research dollars going for that. But we certainly feel that more should go for children. Mm -hmm. A child, on average, loses 72 years of their life. And an adult may lose 12 or 13 years, and a lot of what they've got, mm. they, you know, their lifestyle ha- may have caused the cancer. With children, it's just the bad luck of the draw. Yeah. So it's just not fair when you see a child suffering with this Well, disease. and I, you would think that they would really want to push this because, you know, you see a child suffer, and that, I don't care who you are, that gets you in here. And it just makes you want to do more, you know what I mean? And I think it's just, it's something uh, that, People just have to be aware, and that's why we do these kind of things, so we get awareness that this even exists, that people can actually get involved in this. People can can really get involved and show a lot of support. Is there like a website that you can send people to? Or? There absolutely is. I it's, knew that would happen. It's easy. Rallyfoundation.org. Okay. Rally Foundation. 
okay.org. And on there, I guess all the information is there. You're in the midst of a fundraiser right now, are you not? We are. We definitely are. And that's that's why um, Riley and Jessica are so involved. Okay. We have a webpage for that event as well. And we are accepting sponsorships, auction items, all, donations, and tickets are for sale. The webpage is Rally on the Runway Nashville. So it's just slash Nashville okay. and it'll pop up. Okay. You can see scenes from last year. It's a fashion show with the Tennessee Titans. Our presenting sponsors are Bart Durham Injury Law, Cord Real Estate, and we got um, Mercedes and Ferrari dealerships on there, too. So. Well, look at you. <laughs> Getting all fancy. Yes, we, we are. The event is fancy and fun. The and Rally on the Runway is such a great event. Yeah. It's now, where's so that going to be fun. held at? They have both been in Rally. Yes. Okay. Uh, and, and, and it's held at Marathon Music Works. Okay. So the Titans, they are escorting our Rally kids, and it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. That is great. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, what's the date of that? It's April 20th. That's a okay. Thursday night. So that's when the fundraiser right, we're doing right now uh, will end. And I'm sure there'll be more after that, but this is this is kind of a big deal, what I'm, what I'm seeing here. Exactly, yes. Well, the girls are on a team raising money, and the totals will happen that night because okay. auction items that they get and anyone bidding and are sponsoring a child that night okay. at their table will go toward their team. So it's tallying up to the very last minute of the event. Wow. And uh, so, Jessica, you yes. you got this team going. Tell us how all that got started. Well, so we have been a part of Rally for a long time. I actually was back on Rally on the Runway for the first Rally on the Runway. Yes. I yes, was it was a luncheon. The, yes, it was a luncheon. I was one of the first ones. And then, Riley, when did you start with Rally? Um, I started back in 2018 when I got diagnosed with cancer. So that brings me to this question. I mean, both of you have experience in this obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jessica, your, your story, uh, it blew me away. For me, where cancer, cancer has touched my life. Back when I was 11 years old, I was diagnosed with brain cancer. I went through rounds of chemotherapy, cycles of radiation, brain surgery, port and G-tube surgery, multiple nights in the hospital. Fighting cancer is very difficult to mm-hmm. say the least, but I'm glad to say that I am now, goodness, a nine, almost nine year cancer survivor now 20 years old in college and loving and living life every step of the way that's amazing and riley you've had experience as well unfortunately yeah yeah Um, (laughs) so i got diagnosed just before christmas yeah christmas in 2018 and it was a rough christmas to say the least we um didn't know if i would make it to the next one didn't know if i was going to make it to my 16th birthday and i had i think if i did the math correctly i had about five surgeries altogether i had 80 nights in the hospital away from my family luckily it was pre-covid so i could still see my family when they swap in and out of the hospital but it's not easy being away from your family yeah especially Um, that young too yeah i was i mean it's 15 you're in a pretty critical period of time Mm -hmm. where you're still growing as a human you're still finding out who you are and at that point I and anybody that I knew I was considered the cancer girl and it was just like okay yeah there's more to me than cancer and I think after I finally finished chemo and everything I was known as resilient I was known as a creative I was known as someone that is relatable to other people and I think that that's not a very common thing Mm. that we have nowadays yeah so yeah Again, being so close to this this project, 
just takes on a whole new meaning for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a lot, a lot more special to you because you're doing something for everybody else. Right. And that's commendable. Well, and I love helping and being a part of Rally because mm-hmm. we know what it's like to go through and fight cancer. So anything that we can do just to even help other kids going through what we went through, sign me up, you know? Yeah, I mean, at one of the Valentine's Day events we've had recently, talking with the parents of the children that have cancer and briefly talking with the children because they don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. It makes a point to, again, like relate, let people know that they're not alone, that their experiences aren't. They're Let them know that they're not alone and that it's like normal to feel this way and that it's the side effects that their children are experiencing are normal and not something to worry about. I say that. You should definitely worry about your children being sick and about them not feeling well, but like anyone that's gone through cancer has, so they're not really alone. And I, yeah. it's a very isolating experience, regardless of what age you are. Well, I mean, at any any age, nobody really wants to go through that. But I think when it affects a, a child, it just, to me, it just drives at home. Yeah. I mean, it makes it, I don't know, you want to see your children grow and succeed and doing all this, but... Uh, the fact that we even have to face this in this day and time with all of the research that's been done over the years, because this is not new research, uh, and there's been zillions of dollars thrown at this. And I always just ask the question, it's like, why do we not have some kind of cure? Exactly. And childhood cancers are very different than adult cancers. It's it's different research. Yeah. So children's cancers need different research, and more, more money needs to go toward childhood cancer research mm-hmm. if we are going to have cures and fewer side effects. And this thing that you're doing with this, this the fundraiser that's going on right now, it's going to be ending in April, but I'm sure it's still going to continue. We just need the money for the Absolutely. research. Absolutely. Right? This is our annual spring signature event. Yeah. We also have a, a one in the fall that's a songwriter night. Oh, well, there's plenty of those around here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great. A lot of people that are listening has probably, possibly, had a child that has experienced a, a cancer issue or a family member of, of such. And it, it just bothers me, I guess, that this is still a thing. Well, everybody's <laughs> you know? been touched by cancer in some way, shape, or form, you know? Yeah. Either a family member, a friend, a neighbor. Grandparents. Grandparents, anybody. It's hard to f- come across somebody that hasn't heard the word cancer which mm-hmm. that's really sad to say. So the, I guess the easiest way if somebody wanted to donate to the cause right now, throw, throw that website out or how they, what would be the best way, easiest way for them to donate? The easiest way? Well, you can go to our team page, Riley and my page. So it's fundraise.rallyfoundation.org forward slash jessica and riley that's our team page i know that is so long but basically look up team jessica and team riley okay and that's our page if and someone's out there driving they can go to rallyfoundation.org hit donate but remember the names jessica and riley because yeah. if that goes then it'll go to sure to no. credit their team I mean, that, they've got a big goal too did you can't remember if you said the goal earlier yes we have a big goal we want to try to hit twenty five thousand dollars for our team page so any way you guys can help, donate, sponsor, want to donate an auction item, just reach out and we'd be glad to accept those. Now, if somebody want to give you the whole twenty five grand, you'll take it. Oh, for sure. Yes. for sure. We'll just raise the goal then. <laughs> well, good. But every yeah, little we'll just bit keep helps. going. Yeah. Yes, if you want to donate $5, if you want to donate $25,000, 
<laughs> we'll take any of it. <laughs> so I'm reading here, it says, many companies match donations made by employees to nonprofit organizations. Uh, how would somebody get involved with that? That's easy. They can they can go on the website and, okay. and just click, and they can call me if they'd like, okay. <laughs> or email me, okay. Elaine at rallyfoundation.org, okay. um, and we'll we'll set that up. But it's it's very simple. We, we do that all the time. We have to make it as easy as possible for folks. Yes. They can even Venmo. I was going to ask you that. I saw that. So what would they do? Venmo? Venmo at, at Rally Foundation, but okay. be sure and put Jessica and um, okay. Riley's name down so we can credit their So they their would team. use hashtag Jessica and Riley. Hashtag Team Jessica and Riley. Right. Okay. For Venmo. Yes, okay. sir. You know, I think even the small donations help. And they it, it really do. Maybe a dollar. I mean, who is you're doing something, you know. They I think add a lot of people up. really like to, to jump on board with this. So this event coming up at, at Marathon, what what is that gonna that's gonna be the twentieth uh, of April? Yes. So the twentieth of April, that's the Rally on the Runway event. Okay. Which again, this is so such a great event. It's so fun. But one of my favorite parts seriously is seeing the Titans players escort all of the rally kids those are, down those the are little runway. guys you know little guys trying you know i know they're very little <laughs> but it's so cute and the girls are strutting their stuff and you can see that they have gone through so much fighting cancer mm-hmm. you can tell that they're still within their treatments they're the girls are bald and they they're weak but you can see the biggest smile on their face because they got to pick out their dress they get to strut their stuff dance down the runway and everybody applauds and smiles and laughs, and it's just a magical moment that I believe everybody should see. Jeff, one of the, one of the best things about yeah. it is Dillard's gives the outfits to the boys and girls from head to toe. Really? Shoes, dresses, um, you know, whatever oh. they pick out. Good, good for them. So, yeah, we, we love that. Well, it sounds fact. like it should be a great night. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And here we are with Sumner County Spotlight, and we're going to continue our conversation. We're talking with folks with the rallyfoundation.org, and we have some interesting characters in here. <laughs> and and they're just doing so many great things and a, a great cause. And, of course, we're talking about uh, Jessica Meyer and Riley West, who uh, actually have experienced childhood cancer and are now trying to make a difference to help the organization and help fight this this process. And Jessica, like you said, when your treatment went back how many years ago? Well, that oh was goodness, that was uh, eight nine years ago. Wow. was when I was fighting cancer. Yeah, with chemo, radiation, uh, brain surgery, port and G tube surgery. It fighting cancer is no easy yeah. thing to do. It's right. tough. It's at my lowest point fighting cancer. I dropped down to forty six pounds at eleven wow. years old. At the point, I even collapsed. So anything I can do and we can do to help other kids mm-hmm. going through what we went through is yeah. our mission. And our so daughter. how did you two meet? We actually, <laughs> we met. Oh, I don't even know how long ago. It, we was met it? through, we met through Rally because yeah. we were both a part of Rally at the same point, but we met, was it at the Pamper Day? So before Probably, Rally, yeah. before Rally on the Runway, which is April 20th, okay. Rally, they put on a Pamper Day for the kids that are going to be in the fashion show so they get God, to go it was wasn't it yeah um get to do your hair your makeup your nails you get a sweet lunch you get to arrive in a limo ride you literally when we get pampered you get pampered and i believe that's when we first met right? yeah yeah <laughs> no i that whole season of my life was such a blur i mean it was in a point of where 
everything was being thrown at us like so yeah. much information and then like that pamper day was just a time where you can be a girl again and like be yourself again mm-hmm. and feel really special and i think that's also one of the really cool things about rally in general is like they emphasize on making the child and the parents feel special yeah and to feel seen and recognized because it's no easy feat of what they're dealing with now at uh, that time did you both lose your hair so you were in remission right? right i was in remission i did look like mr clean back when i was like 12 years old <laughs> Very true. But you were a cute Mr. Clean. Yes, she was. (laughs) And then, yeah, I was in the middle of getting chemo treatments when I first was introduced to rally. It was also a lot because we wanted to be at all the rally events, be around the people that know what I'm going through. And sometimes just because of the side effects of chemo, like you just can't be there. You're not well enough. You're not strong enough Mm -hmm. um, to actually be there and be present and like, you know, just be a kid again. And... So there's a lot of learning curves, even for me, in chemo of like, you kind of need to slow down. Like, you don't have to be at every event, which Mm -hmm. of course you want to, but it's probably best for you not to be there, unfortunately, you know? Right. Going through this, I mean, of course, it's sad that kids really have to even go through this in the first place. Right. But getting involved with an organization like this, how did you find out that it even existed? (laughs) That has to be a story. You go ahead. Well, actually, since when I was fighting cancer, I, like Riley was saying, you know, you do want to be at these events and I wanted to be an advocate for kids going through what I I went through. Mm -hmm. And through that at the hospital, I found out about Rally. And just ever since I joined the Rally Foundation, I've just, I've been connected with them for the past, what, six years, seven years now? Yeah. Well, you were 13 when I first met you. So you you signed up as a rally kid. And it's it's a hard passage to become a rally kid. You just have to go through cancer as a child. Mm-hmm. Any anyone below, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the only requirement that is, and they can sign up. We have adults sign up after you know if they had mm-hmm. childhood cancer. It's the stories that pull people in, and people learn exactly what this is all about, and it draws their hearts and hopefully their pocketbooks eventually yeah. as well. That's right. Um, but we're all are we're about raising awareness and fun. So telling the word about rally and about children with cancer right. is great. Now, speaking of raising money, you do have some merch people can buy. Yes, we do. So on our page, on our team, Jessica and Riley Rally fundraising page, that was a big mouthful, but <laughs> if you look that up, you can go purchase our awesome team T-shirt. t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag Team Jessica and Riley. It should pop up there. Now, are you on uh, social media as well? Yes. I thought yes, we'd we find are. it hard to believe that you wouldn't, but yeah. <laughs> no, is that obvious? So I'm on social media on all platforms as positively jessica and riley you're on platforms yeah i'm on instagram facebook i mean everything um under riley mckenzie west so it should be pretty easy to find both of us okay riley mckenzie <laughs> sounds like a songwriter name you that's know, all i'm saying yeah you know? no i'm trying to figure out how to put mckenzie on the spotify and apple page it's not that, working out yeah well well, uh, but, well yeah. and come to find out you are a songwriter yes i am i do right all the time <laughs> wow yeah i started before i started songwriting i had about 40 notes in my little notes app on my iphone and now i have like 360 and so all the content that'll come out in the decades to come <laughs> will eventually be there but yeah no i have right. four songs out now and two more that i'm working well, on. well i'm telling you you you've lived a songwriter's dream yeah. if you will from a songwriter standpoint yeah you know putting out life circumstances and you know, you tell that story. I mean, yeah. wow. 
I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people that I've talked to in the music industry of like, we think that I have a good sound for R&B, but R&B content is a lot of like not things that I'm about. It's not mm-hmm. about the sex, drug, and alcohol. That's not who I am right, either. Right, so yeah. they're like, how are you going to write and release music in an R&B genre if you're not going to stick to what R&B is about? And I said, I'll figure it out. Because I'm not going to sing about something that portrays me as a person that I'm not. Exactly. I'm not going to write about something that I haven't experienced and not being able to relate to it in any way. I want to be as genuine and authentic. So I'm actually currently trying to figure out how to write a good song about cancer that can also be applied to other things. You know, Mm -hmm. because like there's so many songs that are about one thing that aren't it seems like it's about one thing, but it's really about another. Like Before You Go by by Louis Capaldi. Mm -hmm. It's about his grandmother dying but the way he wrote it makes it seem like it could be about a relationship a friendship a boyfriend girlfriend relationship so i want to make abstract enough songs that so many people can relate to it well that's why songwriting is so powerful it is and you 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 get a good song you can tell just the way it moves you Mm -hmm. and a lot of people get you do the test and you see a lot of these judges on the they they go ooh, you know they get the goose the chili bumps pop it up the hair stand up they go okay you know that's that's gotta do it right yeah yeah i mean it's a powerful thing what music does Mm -hmm. you know what i mean medicine it it totally is you know having that ability to do what you do i think is you know going to help and you you never know what's going to happen one day yeah, that's it. <laughs> Takes that one song to break in. I know. I'm trying to make those songs that, like, yeah, just everybody relates to. It's not going to be something that's so narrow-minded that you can't twist it to a different perspective. Absolutely. Now, we were talking about raising money. Now, you do have an event coming up here right quickly, do we not? Yes. Yes. So you have at Texas Roadhouse, right? Mm-hmm. What day was it? March? March 28th. It's a Tuesday evening. From- so it's the Texas Roadhouse here in, in Hendersonville off yes. Indian Lake. Yes, okay. sir. Right. Yeah. Go to Texas Roadhouse. If you mention rally to your server, I think they said it's going to be 10% of your table's total will go to rally the Rally Foundation. And I'm really, really happy that they're willing to help and kind of sponsor in a way of just participating and helping fund this. I mean, it's no, it's not an easy feat for the restaurant. It's not an easy feat for us. It's kind of hard to go up to different storefronts, to different restaurants and be like, hey, can I talk to the manager? Because the employee's Mm. probably like, here it goes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, um, but honestly, all we're asking is for another opportunity to help kids with cancer. Well, let me tell you, as busy as this Texas Roadhouse here is, since they've opened, it's hard to get in there. Yeah, so is. you should get a good haul coming out of that. I would hope. Yeah, I would yeah. hope so. So everybody's dinner plans for March 28th is to go to Texas there, Roadhouse, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Even if you have to wait in line. Please wait in line. Please. I know it's annoying. I used to work there. I totally understand. But please wait in line. It's so worth it. Yeah. So no, worth that's, it. that's going to be a great cause. And I love the idea that you're, you're doing the merch. You got the t-shirts going on and things like that. Every little bit is going to help. Yep, yeah, every yeah. little bit. After April the 20th uh, event, right? What does the future hold after so that? We also have another event for our team, Riley and Jessica, or team mm-hmm. Jessica and Riley. Yeah. We have trivia, Y2K trivia night at Black Press Coffee mm-hmm. on Long Hollow Pike. Okay. We're going to do all the fun trivias. There's going to be coffee, all the good stuff there. Yeah. What times do we want to do that at? Um, it's from 5.30 to 7 is what I'm planning on. If it goes okay. longer because of fellowship or whatever, I mean, it is what it is. Okay. But yeah. Everybody come hang out, do some trivia, have fun. And what's the date on that again? That one is April 4th. Okay, so 4th. it's a couple okay. more weeks away, okay. but... There's no prize. It's genuinely just to come hang out, have some fun. And if you're there and you have it on your heart, donate some money to the rally. Sure. Yeah. Well, that sounds 
totally cool. I love that uh, idea. And a lot of people are looking for things to do. And if they help out, and it, and let me tell you, Middle Tennessee people, when things happen, they come together. Yeah. You know, right. you got any kind of events uh, where people need help. I mean, just our recent storms that have happened, trees down, and uh, unfortunately, a couple of lives were lost because of it. But people just right. do come together and, and help support people. And this is such a great cause, especially when you're talking childhood aspect of it, I think just drives it home. So Elaine, what, uh, what do you have to say about this organization? I mean, you've been involved with it for some time. I, I have. In 2005 was the year that it started, and our son was diagnosed with cancer. So yeah. he was saved by a clinical research trial, just like the ones that rally okay. funds. He was the first survivor of his very aggressive sarcoma. Research trial that he was on became protocol within two years for all aggressive sarcomas. Is that right? So it really wow. makes a difference. It really, really does. We not only fund research, but we also donate money to families who are going through through the treatment and the fight of having a child with cancer. So we we do that aspect too. And we have recently expanded from just Rally Nashville with our two hospitals in Nashville to Rally Tennessee. So we're servicing children across the, the state now. That is incredible. I love that idea. I mean, wow. It just keeps getting better and better here. <laughs> it, it does. I think one cool that, one thing that's cool with Rally and that they don't talk about, and I didn't know until recently, for the children in the hospitals dealing with cancer, they will pay like your mortgage they'll help with like bills and stuff I didn't even know that whenever I was going through cancer like I knew my dad had done some stuff to help like not he wasn't donating money but like he was receiving the help from an organization come to find out like a week ago it was it the all, we were the beneficiary of rally helping us with our mortgage and helping mm -hmm. us with our bills and it's not like we couldn't afford it because there are plenty of people that couldn't it's just one less thing we don't have to think about as we're going through treatment and dealing with such a difficult unprecedented time for our family yeah and i don't think that they will take the credit for it they wouldn't talk about it but that's one thing that was very helpful for my family yeah. is like the money that they're that other people are donating to rally is obviously split to the childhood cancer research but there is a portion of that that goes to helping the families directly that are in the moment going through cancer. Sure. And that's just something that they don't talk about either. I think people don't realize, well, they probably realize this, but the hospital cost in, of, of going through cancer is mm -hmm. astronomical. Yeah, it's not cheap. Which blows me away cancer. how it is, that what it is. And then, of course, you got all these kinds of treatments that people get scammed into. and you know, So many of our families are traveling from yeah. long distances, too. And once your child throws up, um, say, Taco Bell, they don't want to eat that again at the mm, hospital. Yeah. <laughs> you no. got, and you got to think of all, you know, pr pretty soon they're tired of what's available at the hospital and you got to go to alternate sources. And I know in our case, James's taste got more and more expensive. <laughs> it seemed like toward the end, it was P.F. Chang's. It yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. But when you're going through something like that, it's whatever you will try to eat and get some substance down them. Yeah. So. Well, and I think where we're at here in Middle Tennessee, having access to some some of the best hospitals, Vanderbilt, and the research that they're doing down there. And of course, they're, they're, they're well known for that. So I, I think it's it's a good spot to be in. But I, I'm just, I'm impressed that you all are taking this effort to raise awareness for this. One more time, give us a way to contact you. Uh, yes. So if you want to donate, please donate to rallyfoundation.org. If you want to specifically donate to our Team Jessica and Riley page, you can donate at fundraise.rallyfoundation.org slash Jessica and Riley. That is our team page. And I just want to say thank you for having us. Absolutely. We're so passionate about Rally Foundation. And I just want everybody to know this is not like a random organization that's not meaningful or mm. just some hokey pokey 
thing at Rally Foundation. We are helping fight childhood cancer. Well, it's a great thing you're doing. And the fact that I never heard of it before, now we've more people are aware of this and they, they can help out and, and donate and get involved if they if right. want to do that. They can volunteer as well. Yes, we, we call it catching the rally bug, and it is very <laughs> contagious. It okay. spreads like lightning once you come to an event, or, 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 or even, it's a shame, I, I love that this is a radio station, but it'd be great if they could their faces could be on TV as yeah. well, because they're both so beautiful inside and out. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad it's not on TV, because I do have a face for radio. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you guys so much for coming in. I appreciate it so, so very, very much. This is going to be on our podcast page as well at WHIN Radio. Dot com drop in uh, Sunday around uh, around noon, so this afternoon you you can pull it up and listen to it at all time. So, hey, that's gonna wrap up for this segment. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon. Stick around to be more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon, and we're here every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock, as we have always stated. And, of course, this uh, broadcast will be on our podcast page at whinradio.com starting about noon on uh, this Sunday. So i got a new guest in the studio, and I, I've been trying to get Chris in here for some time, but he's been a little busy. He is the aviation instructor over at Liberty Creek High School. Welcome uh, Chris Peterson right here, man. Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, this is an incredible thing. An aviation program in high school is just a game changer. But how did all of this come about, and how did you make this happen? Well, it's, it's an interesting story, actually. Uh, my wife and I uh, moved out here uh, to Sumner County just about a year and a half ago. I was previously teaching at uh, Corona High School in Southern California, and I had been there for about 24 years or so. Uh, and I taught, I was a band director and I was a video production teacher. And around 2018 or so, I had kind of pitched the idea of having a, an, an aviation program at the, at the high school. Uh, I was a flight instructor, the CT director at the time. I thought it was a great idea and went with it. So we decided to start that program and uh, no pun intended, but it literally took off and <laughs> it was a, it was a hit. Uh, and then fast forward through COVID and all of that, and my wife and I decided we wanted to make a, a change for our family. And so we, we were looking looking around. We had a friend of ours who taught at, at Gallatin High School. We were in touch with her, and we found out about a job fair uh, for Sumner County teachers. Mm-hmm. And I went to the job fair with my wife, and we were some of the older older teachers at this job fair. Um, but uh, I sat down with Chase Moore, the CT director at Sumner County. Now, what does CTE mean? That's career and technical education. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, and, uh, and I know um, Ben Bruce was there as well. Um, the two of them uh, kind of interviewed me a little bit, and we talked, and I, I shared with them what I had done with the aviation program at, at Corona, and I noticed that there was nothing like that in Sumner County. Yeah. So I kind of said, hey, is that something you guys would like to have? And and it was it was really a really perfect timing uh, for, for all of that. And so fast forward from there, they decided, yes, we want it. I had been informed that Liberty Creek High School was uh, under construction. My wife and I bought a, bought a house nearby. Next thing you know... It's uh, real. It's, it's real. <laughs> we moved um, all the way across the country, and they have three children as well. And uh, so we started up this past... It was past 
August 1st. It's been outstanding. Yeah. We've had just an incredible run so far, and it's only the first semester down. And I, for everything that I'm hearing, and I've talked to other teachers, talked to you know Philip Holt and everything, and he's just ecstatic about this uh, program. And everybody that I talk to is just an amazing thing. And when I heard this, I, I it almost went, what? In high school, they're teaching this. What a great, great uh, program to have. And these kids are so excited to get involved. Yeah, and it's it's actually uh, it's taking taking this idea of putting you know real world careers in in the hands of kids, right? And the AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, around 2018 or so, started the high school STEM curriculum. And at the time, it, it was only in just a few high schools. And now in about 350 or so high schools around the country, AOPA has their curriculum. And they provide a free curriculum for 9th through 12th grade. And it is geared towards uh, both manned and unmanned aerial systems, so pilots as well as drone pilots. Mm -hmm. It is definitely catching fire around the country as far as students wanting to get involved in aviation. And I'm sure, as what you all know, there has never been a better time to be a pilot than now. You know it, <laughs> especially in light of this uh, past winter storm. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> It'd be so frustrating for pilots, you know. That, yep. But hey, you know it is what it is. But mm -hmm. you know, I just think it's an exciting thing that the kids have this this choice. They can use this curriculum to get their license or their certificate. And their and what is the age group before you can get a pilot's license? What's there's an age limit there. Yeah, so I teach grades 9 through 12, right? But for a pilot's license, a student can solo at the age of 16 years old, and they can get their private pilot certificate at the age of 17 years old. Wow. So I have one student right now. We just went around. Today was the first first day of, of the new semester, and, and this girl says to me, uh, her name is Lily, and she just said, yeah, you know, I want to get my, my pilot's license on my 17th birthday. I'm like, boom, there's your goal. Let's do this, right? <laughs> it's exciting. So, uh, but students can can go fly at any at any age. We took students to Lebanon uh, this past fall to the EAA Young Eagles flight. And that is a an opportunity for students to get a free airplane flight, kind of give them a taste of flight. Mm -hmm. And and the uh, EAA chapter at Lebanon was so supportive. They were great. Thanks. Shout out to Matt down there for uh, helping us out. And we brought maybe 20 or 25 kids and there are pilots that are there that are donating their time. They're donating their airplanes. They're donating fuel uh, to take these kids up and give them that, that first taste of wow. flight. And after that, boy, these kids were really hooked. I mean, you thought they were hooked before, but yeah. now they were really hooked. And yeah. it was one kid after the other. You know, I, I got this on my website, but there's a video. And one kid after another, it was like they come down and they said, this is what I'm supposed to do. Or they say, this is what I want my career to be. Or I know what I'm supposed to do now. And I was floored. My jaw just hit the floor because I knew it would be impactful, but that was remarkable. Uh, yeah, no. Well, and you were saying 16 and 17. And, and you know, as parents, we freak out when they want to drive a car. Absolutely. And then you're going to put them up in the air. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Don't yep. run into any buildings. Yeah. Or run well, into the side of the mountain, you know. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of what we what we talk about in the class is is being your own pilot in command. So when you're the pilot in command, you're responsible for the, for, you're the final authority for the safety and outcome of the flight. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that like on day one. So they should be their own pilot in command when they're on the ground Absolutely. now making good decisions. We talk about aeronautical decision-making and how that, that affects you know the safety of flight. We're talking about good decision-making now on the ground. So when they're, when they're, how, they, how they act in a classroom, how they walk through the hallways, how they interact with staff members, 
how they choose to go about their daily lives. Mm-hmm. Because if they, and I tell them, I say, if you cannot make good decisions on the ground, then you cannot make those good decisions up in the air. It's a little scary up there. <laughs> yeah, well. Because there's only yeah. one way you can go. That's right. You can't pull over <laughs> the next gas station, you know. To, <laughs> so yes. you got to make sure you're on your game. Yeah. But the, our kids, you know, they're they're growing up with PS5s and the Xboxes, and they're learning. They, there's flight games on there, and there's war games. There's all kind of games. But it's just amazing how they can take to the their control of their fingers and move these things around. And doing flight simulators, I think, would be incredible. That would that would just be a rush just doing that. Absolutely, they these kids today have have uh, such an inherent ability to use the computer, use game systems, and things like that. In our classroom, we have a state of the art, incredible mm-hmm. flight sim lab that is. It's got to be one of one of the best, I would say, in the country with what we have there. And uh, I do let students know that look, this is these are not video games. We treat these like they are essentially like they're airplanes. We approach them that way. So, uh, you know, starting this semester with my Aviation One kids, and it's going to be all checklist-based, just like it would be for the actual airplane. You know, they're not flipping them upside down and doing barrel rolls and mm-hmm. things like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's all based around the private pilot curriculum. You treat this just like as if this was a real thing. As if it's the real thing. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And then, yeah, there might be the, the one time when a, when a kid is, he's done everything or she's done everything as they're supposed to, and it's, and it's gone really, really well. And so maybe their reward would be, okay, now you want to fly that f-16 through the grand canyon and turn and burn and be maverick or whatever they yes. go for it and then the same then they get to so so we have we have that as well yeah that was a, a pretty incredible movie i mean even the earlier ones you know with the what he was doing and it, this one was just like it was awesome that that g-force thing that what g10 where they go oh mm-hmm. man that was i mean you almost felt that mm-hmm. i mean that's that's how realistic it was but i think it's just it, it, an incredible program to have and, and you're they're teaching drones so they can get their drone licenses as well that's right yeah. yeah so so one of our goals is to get kids knowledge ready so they can pass the part 107 unmanned aerial systems test or the commercial drone test mm-hmm. all kids will receive their recreational drone certificate because many people out there don't know that you know you get yourself a drone and you're going to go fly this drone you are supposed to have a recreational certificate now it mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't really cost anything you go through this very simple question questions mm-hmm. online and then you get it and you print it off and you keep it with you so every kid will get that and some kids won't want to necessarily go all the way through getting the the part 107 commercial drone certificate what i'm really concerned about is i don't want these kids getting a drone for let's say their birthday or for for christmas or something and then going out and doing something that is irresponsible with it i'm a pilot so i'm flying real airplanes up there and the last thing i want to see is, hey, there's a drone right in front of me that I couldn't see until the last minute, yeah, and yeah. that could be very, very bad. Sure. And so, um, so we obviously, safety is, is number one. And so these kids are learning you know, about the, the rules of the air, rules of the road, so to say, and then they're also learning how to physically control the drones. Uh, and then this semester, they're going to learn how to program some of these drones as well mm-hmm. so that they can fly autonomously. It's really awesome stuff. So explain what autonomously means. Well, we've got some drones that can be programmed where... Let's say we create a course and it might have like a wall in front of them that's maybe six feet tall. And then past the wall, there might be, let's say, almost like a hula hoop suspended. And then we, but that's down maybe two or three feet off the ground. So they would have to take the measurements uh, and then go to the software 
and then enter in the correct calculations oh. in order to uh, make the drone perform. Once they've created their entire program, they set the drone on on like the start spot and they press go. And at that point, the drone then would follow the instructions as they were given. <laughs> This so crazy. so <laughs> did they give them correctly or not? Yeah. And then, you know, it flies over over the wall, then it comes down to two feet off the ground, and it flies forward, then it yaws or rolls, you know, yeah. yaws rather 90 degrees to the right and flies, you know, over to the next obstacle, then lands. So that's, that's being programmed, but we also have other drones that will lock on, so to say, to let's say, a subject, a person, a, a person on a bike, a car. So once they are airborne and then we lock on, that thing is not going to lose track of that vehicle or that, that person. Wow. And the one of the drones we have will avoid, it'll avoid all obstacles. That's its first priority. And then second is to, to continue to keep the, the vehicle or the person in the shot. But it's, uh, it's never hit anything. And it... Once it's locked in, it goes. So it shows kids what the technology is like now, and this is only 2023. I know. So wow. where will this be in another five years mm-hmm. or so? It's mm-hmm. Remarkable. It is, and that, a lot of people, I th- when drones you know, first started to become a thing, it was like a toy, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much. But then... I guess it, they started to get more advancement and, you know, the DGI things and all the, these, you know, bigger kind of uh, units that there are rules that you have to follow. And there's a whole big list of them. Yep. And you have to take – and if you're doing that kind of level, you have to have the, the commercial license mm-hmm. for, for drones. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's, and, it's, and it's a great idea also because there, there are – let's say if you want to go fly in certain areas, right, you pull up an app on your phone. It will tell you whether you can or can't fly there simply based on airspace and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, uh, individuals who have a Part 107 commercial drone certificate can often fly in places that recreational pilots cannot. So it, it allows the pilot to take on additional responsibility, but as a result, they're able to then fly in areas perhaps that recreational pilots cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a great tool, and, you know, the cameras they put on these things are getting better and better all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a buddy of mine has one, and he has a commercial license. He just got it this past year, and uh, it's just incredible, the footage that he can get from that, and the quality is just amazing. But, you know, we were talking about the rules and, and things like that, which I think is important for people to understand that it just can be a play toy with the drones. It's serious business. And we're talking with Chris Peterson over at Liberty Creek High School. He's the aviation instructor over there. And, uh, hey, we have a whole lot more to talk about. And stick around for more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And we're back with Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, Jeff Shannon here. We're going to continue our conversation with the incredible Chris Peterson, Liberty Creek High School. And I I paused there for a second because I went, how would this sound through a headset talking to the tower? You know, (laughs) that's a a whole new other thing you have to teach as well. That is. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we do that too. (laughs) Yeah. So we were talking... And you were talking about these simulators you have, and again, this has blown me away again. So tell us about these these projects. Well, we actually have a pretty darn wide variety of aviation training devices or flight simulators in our room. Kind of the big news of our lab, it's very, very exciting. We are the only high school in the world that has access to these true course simulators. The only other place 
that actually uses these and has these is the United States Air Force Academy and wow. Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Wow. And, of course, then Liberty Creek High School. And we were just fortunate enough to make the right connections. Ray Bedard, the owner of True Course Simulations, and I sat down one morning over uh, breakfast in Nashville. Uh, we had a long conversation, and he wanted to know about what I was planning on doing with the, the program. And uh, I showed a lot of interest uh, because I I see the the value in virtual reality, and it was a great partnership. So the uh, you know Sumner County was so supportive in in backing me for what I wanted for this program. So we have four of those simulators. Now you said not just here in Middle Tennessee, the world in the world. There's no high school anywhere that has <laughs> wow. what we have as far that as is amazing as far as these four particular simulators and then the accompanying curriculum. So there are. Our I believe 77 or so lessons. They're private pilot related lessons. Students sit down basically in the seat. They put on the VR headset and the the base on which they sit uh, moves. It rumbles wow. and it feels very, very real. It's stunning how realistic it is. <laughs> And then, of course, when you put on a VR headset and you're flying in, let's say, a Cessna, and you look, you look left or you look right, you see as if you're sitting in the Cessna. That you look amazing. out the window and look down, and, and you look out and you see down. So, Can, can I, can I mm-hmm. come and join the class? Hey, can I, I know, be in I, your class? I, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> so so wow. these, uh, these, these kids have uh, just an opportunity like, like none other, and, and those simulators are, are awesome. And then additionally, in our lab, we have FAA-approved flight simulators – uh, from Redbird Flight Simulations. So we have the the full motion FMX. And so students can come, they they step up and they climb into the FMX. It's an enclosed simulator and it, it has a, a Garmin G1000 glass cockpit and it's swappable as well with a, uh, a steam gauge traditional uh, cockpit. It can be a single engine trainer like a Cessna or it can be a multi-engine mm-hmm. like Piper Seminole. And of course, any airport in the world and we can change the weather, we can change the wind and so on and so forth. And uh, we have a stationary version of, of that as well. And coming soon, it, it's not here yet, it's a uh, Redbird Crosswind Trainer. And I believe there are only about 45 or so of those in the world. Wow. And uh, that trainer will be uh, specifically for crosswind so that students can learn how to land in crosswinds. So you, you, it teaches how to land sideways. <laughs> kind of. You're this looking out the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see these planes, you know, these big birds coming in sideways to the runway and then the last minute they straighten up that's right that blows me away that's right <laughs> wow. that's exactly what they're going to be doing that is yeah. incredible yep. so, so wow. they have, it's, it's coordination of of uh, you know aileron input and rudder input and so you're using your feet you're using your hands and so on and so forth it's almost like being a, a drum set player yeah. in in some respect because there's all of these parts that have to come mm-hmm. together to put it on the center line and mm-hmm. and then we we have a we have a couple of glime basic aviation training devices as well and then we have some desktop simulators that students start with. Mm-hmm. So they start on something called, um, well, it was Redbird Gift, Guided Independent Flight Training is what it is. And, and it's uh, essentially all of the, the maneuvers necessary to pass a private pilot check ride are um, displayed there. And then students can start with straight and level flight. Mm-hmm. And there's a little instructor kind of talking to them in, in the mm-hmm. headset uh, through the software, of course. There are standards, the Airman Certification Standards, the same standards. Like if you were to go uh, over to the airport and start flying, mm-hmm. and when you take your check ride, you are held to the same standards. Wow. So these students fly these missions according to the standards, and at the end of, let's say, steep turns, it will give the student feedback, and it will say, did you meet the Airman Certification Standards, or did you not meet it? Mm-hmm. Then that's where 
the, the gamification kind of comes in because students receive a percentage. They receive a score. And so they then could go, oh, okay, I got an 82. I know I can do better than that. Mm-hmm. And then they want to yeah. go back and do better. Yeah. And they're learning while they're doing that. And that's kind of how the other the other software is for these simulators as well. But everything was, was uh, purchased for a specific reason in my lab because no one simulator is exactly like an airplane. Mm-hmm. And there are specific parts of each simulator that bring the best in so that when these students come out of my simulators and they go into the airplanes, which we've done, and I've had some students come and fly with me as a, a flight instructor at, at Jet Access at the Music City Executive Airport. I do that part-time. Mm-hmm. So when they've come to fly with me, they're outstanding. I mean, their very first flight, they already know what they're doing. Yeah. It's it's awesome. It's got to make you feel good. It sure I does. mean, it's like, wow. You know, because it's, it's something you enjoy. It's not like it's a job for you. I mean, you're having fun doing this. I, I am <laughs> extremely blessed to be doing what I'm doing. God has had his hand on this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. From our move out here to our placement. And, you know, my wife is also a uh, teacher at, at Liberty Creek okay. High School. And she's AP World and World History and, and Sociology. And the fact that she's able to be there, which is awesome. And, you know, two of my kids go to Liberty. And <laughs> it's it's wonderful. It was meant to be. It absolutely was. And, and then you live right down the street from the school. I that's mean, it's not too shabby. Wow. <laughs> I mean, how how much better can it get? <laughs> Not a whole lot better. Because if the kids get in trouble, they know who to call right oh, now. That's right. They sure do. <laughs> and you come walking in with a look, they, they yep. got to know. <laughs> yep. We were talking on uh, before about a lot of the rules with aviation. I mean, there's tons and tons of rules and laws and things like that you have to follow. But in respect to uh, drones, so let's just go with what most people might be getting a drone for Christmas and that kind of thing. You know, it's not really the commercial kind of grade drone, but there's still rules they have to follow. Mm-hmm. Let's cover a few of those. Yeah, I mean, so some of, the, some of the most basic rules, and, and I'm glad you asked this because that is one of my one of my uh, concerns and something I'm trying to help students almost become like champions of safety for drones because sometimes drones get a bad rap out there mm-hmm. in the public and, you know, somebody might say, oh, this drone was, you know, flying near my house or this drone was whatever. And, and I want to make sure students are flying these drones safely and appropriately. So, you know, one of the main rules is we do not fly those drones over 400 feet above ground level. So the reason for that is because uh, air, airplanes can come down as low as 500 feet above ground level in, in sparsely populated areas. So there's a lot of farmland mm-hmm. out in out here, out in, in the Tennessee area sure. where we are in Sumner County and stuff. So if an airplane is coming down in the 500-foot range and a drone pilot is flying their drone at the 400-foot range, that only leaves a 100-foot buffer. And that is assuming that the altimeter is set correctly by the pilot in the mm-hmm. airplane. And that's assuming that the, uh, let's say, the, the terrain uh, that they're flying over has not dropped or gone up. So now we're 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 very very close. Um, and I know for me as a pilot, I in Southern California, I was on final for a runway, and all of a sudden, whew, there goes this drone right off, right off my wing. Wow! We almost hit it, and uh, that's 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 something you definitely don't want to see. Yeah. Uh, or encounter in an airplane, and that drone pilot should have seen us coming and should have just gotten out of the way, but that obviously didn't didn't happen. So the 400 foot rule is a major one. The other one is to keep the drone in visual line of sight at all times, and I know that can be kind of challenging to do because you know you go, well, I got this new drone, and it let me see how far can it go, and I because it's got to... returned to home, right? Yes, yeah. I can press this button; it's <laughs> going to come right back to me, which that does work. The return to home is really <laughs> awesome, and it actually works. But if if a uh, 
if a pilot decides, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to take it, I'll just take it way over there, I'll go over the hill, I won't see it, but well, that's, now you are, you know, you're accepting responsibility for anything that's going to happen there. When it comes down to it, if you cause uh, an accident or an incident or damage to persons or property, and they come back and say, hey, well, how could you have had this in line of sight? You, you mm-hmm. have nothing that you can say about mm-hmm. it. And by the way, if you have one of those DJI drones or or some of the other ones now, I mean, they it it, it records everything itself, not just like camera-wise. I'm not talking like that where you've got the visual. There's, I'm talking all of the data as far as how fast you were going, how high it is, how far it wow. is, everything, because it's all GPS-based. Yeah. It knows all of that. So <laughs> if it really came down to it, You've got nowhere to hide. Yeah. Okay. So if they if they found this drone, let's say in somebody's property, they can pull that up, that thing open and know what's... So, somebody could who knows what they're doing could yeah. could yeah. be able to access that information. Um, as far as uh, just one of the other rules too, you know, there's an app out there and it uh, it's called Before You Fly. It's the letter B, number four, the letter U, like B for you fly. Mm-hmm. That's a great app. It's free. Uh, you can get that and just basically open it up and it's going to use your location and it's going to tell you right there if you're cleared to fly or not based off of your airspace what what kind of airspace is nearby so for instance nashville you know bna is class charlie airspace that's controlled airspace and so if you are let's say near that airport and you want to go fly your drone well you pull up before you fly first before you launch that drone it'll tell you if it's okay to fly there or not Mm -hmm. and if you got the green light from it then you're okay to fly then outstanding. You can go fly, but it doesn't necessarily mean you can go up to 400 feet. Yeah. So, you know, use that app or I use another one called Aloft, A-L-O-F-T. And those two really work kind of in conjunction with each other. And uh, that helps uh, a drone pilot understand uh, kind of a, a, a given quadrant that you want to fly in. Now, if you are a Part 107 pilot, you can you can select some of that controlled airspace and say, look, I'd like to fly here. Mm-hmm. And then it will say, okay, well, how high do you need to fly? And you can tell it. And it, it knows your Part 107. And then you press, like, go. Yep. And it will come right back to you and tell you if you were authorized or not. And if you're authorized then you're good to go okay. and you go fly for the amount of time that you said you were going to fly. Let me ask you this in regards to uh, helicopters. They have their flight level still 500. I mean they can go lower than that obviously and they can hover there. For, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's we, a whole different beast, right, I guess, yeah. when we're dealing with helicopters. Yeah, it, it, it is but, a whole, it is a but whole as far as beast. the drones, that could be pretty dangerous for, Correct. for a helicopter. Correct. Yep. So <laughs> it, it's really just about being safe and being conservative in your in in your drone flying and not not taking risks with things like if if you have to go well should i do this the answer we already know the answer is probably probably no mm-hmm. they can fly at night or not you can fly at night but you have to have a uh a, a, a strobe that can be seen for up to three miles, right. yep. I believe, is the, the distance at night. So, yeah, those are those are some of the, the most basic ones that I think somebody with a brand new drone, they're going to want to know how high they can fly it. They're going to want to know how far they can fly it. Mm-hmm. And they're not really going to be that concerned about airspace around. They're just going to go, oh, cool, I'm going to go over and fly it over the river there. And then mm. they go fly it. So Well, as we said before, I mean, we're in the flight path to BNA coming yep. through here. I mean, you can see them all day long coming yep. in here. And you... You, you got to think about that. Yeah. I would think it would be really one of the most important things. You can't go up there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the other things, too, is some, some of these drones have kind of their own geofence, in a sense. So it knows if you're, like, if you're going by some airspace, it's going to alert you and say, hey, look, you're by this airspace. 
And do you do you accept responsibility? Do you want to keep going? Yes or no? Or sometimes it'll just turn itself around and come home. Amazing. So um, they're you know they're building that kind of stuff into some of these drones as well. What are the prices on some of these drones going for? I know there's probably a big range. They, the range the range is usually somewhere from let's say the eh, four or five hundred dollar range all the way on up to pretty much you name it. The drones that we're using at Liberty Creek are uh, we have DJI drones. We have Autel. Uh, robotics. We've got uh, SkyDio two. Um, and we've got like you know the Phantom Four Pro version two, and and we've got a, an FPV drone as well to help these kids learn how to fly and mm-hmm. first person video with the with the goggles on. But they you know they range they range in price. Oh, wow. Something that I'm kind of looking at maybe down the road would be to to possibly acquire a fixed wing drone, uh, and then with that we can do photogrammetry. Uh, which is, uh, you know, like mapping and do some agricultural applications and things mm-hmm. like that. Wow. Uh, with some some of the apps that are out there, it's pretty I mean, awesome. That's amazing. We've been talking with Chris Peterson, an aviation instructor over at Liberty Creek High School right here in Sumner County. Great things going on there. I, I know you're so excited, but I can tell in your voice how yeah. excited you are about this. And I think we are so glad to have you here running this program because it's. It, I think it's going to be a game changer. And when you're making such headway with a lot of these things and things that haven't been done before in, in high school, it, it's a good thing. So thank Perfect. you so very much for taking part of your day and coming in and visiting with us. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's great. Absolutely. We, we'd like to invite people to take a look at our website. That's libertycreekaviation.com, libertycreekaviation.com. And you, mm-hmm. can, you can see some of what we're doing there. We've got some, some media up there you can take a look at some of our simulators and drones and things like that we also have our instagram or liberty creek aviation uh there as well yeah we're looking looking forward to seeing you and uh, see you out at the airport as well yeah that's great all right so that's uh gonna wrap it up for this edition of summer county spotlight i'm your host jeff shannon and be sure to check it out on our podcast page at whinradio.com just click podcast and you'll see us right there so this is gonna wrap it up for this edition of summer county spotlight so long Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.